welcome to Sex, Love, and Liberation with yours truly, Michelle Casey. I know you've heard how communication is the key to great sex. It's true. It's also very common to find talking about sex difficult for a variety of very understandable reasons. This episode is devoted to helping you get better at both sharing and listening productively when it comes to chats about sex. Whether you are a beginner, an intermediate, or someone who's interested in always sharpening their sexy communication skills. I have pulled together five very practical tips for talking about sex effectively. We're going to dive right on in. Are you ready? Okay, so tip number one. Use I statements, not you statements. You may have heard of this before. A lot of people don't fully understand how this works. So let me break it down for you. An example of a quote unquote you statement is you care more about work than our sex life. So this implies that the listener is to blame, which makes them much more likely to respond defensively. I am definitely guilty of this myself and have even gone on to blame my partner for reacting defensively, even though that reaction makes a lot of sense when I'm framing things in a blaming way. An I statement is one that takes personal responsibility for your feelings. For example, I feel undesirable and hurt when you check your emails all evening. It's really important to understand that tacking I feel onto the front of a you statement doesn't make it an I statement. This is where I see a lot of people go wrong. So for example, saying I feel like you care more about work than our sex life That's an undercover you statement. See what I mean? Here's one more example. You never want to have sex anymore. You make me feel like I'm unwanted. An I statement, if we convert that into an I statement, is when you don't initiate intimacy with me, I feel unwanted. You may have noticed As I shared different examples there, the change in the tone of my voice, which brings me to tip number two. Be conscious of the tone of your voice. So consider your inflection, your pitch, and your volume as well. You can say a genuine I statement if we are, well, not a genuine I statement. You can say an I statement based on the words that you're saying with the tone of a you statement. When you don't initiate intimacy with me, I feel unwanted. We tend to want to blame the other person when we feel tenderness around a subject or issue. And we commonly do feel those ways around things related to sex. 
However, this means that there is an authentic vulnerability for us to communicate from underneath this reflex to make it about the other person or to blame. So how might it change our delivery if we open up and speak from that place? For example, when you don't initiate intimacy with me, I feel unwanted. Can you feel the difference there? All right, tip number three, use mirroring. Mirroring is a practice of reflecting back the feelings and words of the sharer. This serves a few different purposes. It firstly demonstrates that you are trying to put yourself in their shoes to understand their experience. Empathy. It also encourages them to stay open means they're more likely to continue sharing and they're likely to get a little bit deeper in their understanding and then as a result in your understanding of whatever is going on. It also allows them to hear their own share back and deepen into what's coming up for them. And it also minimizes misunderstandings. You want to, when mirroring, Listen for the basic message and mirror it back in simple terms and without judgment. Now, you don't want to overdo this or it's going to become annoying and it's going to feel really weird for you. So what mirroring isn't is parroting back every single word that the person has shared with you. Instead, you want to demonstrate like, hey, I've heard you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Here is the crux. Here are the juiciest bits, the key words, the key feelings that you have shared with me. I'm letting you know that I've heard you. For example, maybe the sheriff says something like, I've been really worried about the future of our relationship because we haven't been prioritizing our time. We haven't been making time to connect. And I really worry that it's always going to be like this or that it's going to get worse and worse. And I fear that we're going to drift further and further apart. And I think it's particularly scary for me because I saw this play out with my own parents and I really, really, really don't want to end up like they did. So the listener might mirror back, baby, I'm hearing that you're really worried that we haven't been making time to connect. So this takes some practice to get the most out of this tool. You might feel weird at first. You might even sound quite clunky as a beginner. And that's all absolutely okay. It can be really helpful to name that to someone. I love to do this in my own relationship a lot. If I'm trying out a new kind of skill and I feel a bit awkward about it or I worry that Chris, my partner, is going to be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing something different from how you have done it in the past? And so I like to just name it and say, or you might say, hey, I learned this new tool from Michelle's podcast. It's called Mirroring. It's when you reflect back on the key message of what you're hearing someone share. And I wanted to give this a try and see if it might be valuable. 
I might sound a little bit awkward at first, but I'd love to ask you to give me the space to be a messy human slash beginner. Awesome. So tip number four, use your awareness, breath and intention to stay grounded and open. Talking about sex can bring up feelings of embarrassment, shame, guilt, anger, sadness. It can also be exciting and a turn on. One of the core skills that my clients develop throughout the period of time that they work with me is the ability to manage difficult emotions and triggers so that you can respond instead of react. This requires us to have really good self-awareness, being able to notice when you're triggered, when you are open or when you are closed, when you're being defensive, controlling or blaming. It can be difficult to draw our awareness back into ourselves especially when we are afraid. So our brains want to scan our environment when we perceive or when the brain perceives that there might be a threat present. And so when that happens, our awareness is taken outside of ourselves. And so when we can pull it back into ourselves and understand what's going on inside of me, That is really helpful for a number of reasons. In this context, it's helpful as part of the process to stay grounded and open. So say you notice you're triggered. A next step you can take is to tune into your breath. Whenever we exhale for longer than the length of our inhale, we activate the parasympathetic response in our nervous system, which slows down our heart rate and lowers our blood pressure, which can help us to stay grounded and open. So say that you inhale intentionally for a count of four and you exhale for a count of about six to eight, that is going to activate the parasympathetic response and help you to stay grounded and open. Then a next step you can take is to flex the power of your intention. So saying internally or even naming aloud the intention for how you want to show up instead of being triggered or defensive or controlling. So if you were to externally name an intention mid-conversation or before a conversation, That might sound something like, I'm feeling triggered. Can we slow down this conversation and breathe more? I'd like to communicate compassionately. Or, I'm starting to close off. I need to take some space. I'm going to go splash some water on my face, shake it off, and then I'm going to come back with the willingness to stay open and curious with you. Tip number five, gather good quality information. It's very common to not know what it is that you want, need, desire, or fantasize about sexually. 
And this is often a reason that we don't enter conversations about sex. We might know that we don't want what it is that we're experiencing, or maybe it's not that pleasurable, but we don't actually know what it is that we do want instead. And so we feel like we can't enter the conversation without that information. Now, you are absolutely allowed to enter conversations without that information. Sometimes we illuminate things through talking about them. And at the same time, going on a journey of self-discovery can help us to feel more confident and effective in conversations about sex. Plus, it can also be really fun and pleasurable to discover or rediscover your sexuality. You can do this through, just as you are now, listening to my podcast each week or reading sex education books, reading erotica and noticing the things that are yum and not yum to you, journaling on things that you want to better understand watching feminist porn with the intention of discovering more about your likes and dislikes, trying something new in self-pleasure or sex, working with me privately or taking my self-led digital course called Empowered Self-Pleasure, which actually has a module dedicated to self-discovery and another module which is all about learning your turn-ons and turn-offs. Awesome, my loves. I hope this episode helps to bring more pleasure, connection, and liberation into your lives. If you want to peruse the details of my self-led one-month course, Empowered Self-Pleasure, or are curious about working with me privately, check out the links that I've dropped in the show notes. I'm excited to see you next week. Mwah.